Hey Colin, this is Matt calling in about your hexes versus grids uh, episode. So I would guess probably about five, six months ago, I brought up this exact thing, this exact topic, because I am one of those military guys and we use grids and amazingly somehow I can navigate miles and miles through mindless desert and still get to my destination by using grids without, you know, resorting to shitty, in my opinion, hexes. But I brought this exact topic up, and let me tell you, there were a lot of people that branded me a heretic. Maybe not in those words, but they were damn sure that it must be hexes. Hello, hello, I'm Colin Green, and you are listening to Spike Pit, episode 118. Matt Jackson opening the show there, folks. Really good to hear from you, Matt. Just the guy I was hoping would call in. But, regular listeners, I know what you're thinking. Where is part two? This is Matt Jackson. Surely we get a twofer. So I'm going to give you a twofer here. So I, I don't understand why we still use hexes. Actually, I hate hexes. As a map maker myself, trying to draw a map that lines up with hexes so you get those neat little, this hex is a mountainous terrain. This one is a forest. That's such a pain in the ass. I actually prefer to use grids. I actually have, in one of my campaigns, I'm using a grid. Well, we are not playing that anymore. But anyway, long story. Um... I I prefer grids, and anybody that says they can't calculate distance, you know what? Get an index card, measure out the distance, and go to the legend of the map, which, if your map is good, it has a legend in it. If it isn't, your map is shitty. I'm just going to say it there. And use a legend in your little index card. Or, if you're really high speed, drop your map into roll 20, align to the grid, and boom, the ruler gives you the exact distance. It's simple. So why aren't we using grids? And there you go, folks. I hope you're happy now. We've got our twofer, and yeah, I I, I kind of, I think I actually had Matt in mind when I was thinking about this, and um, there you go, he hasn't failed to deliver, and yeah, great comments there. I, I do recall a little bit of a discussion in the past on this subject, but um, I can't really remember the details, but uh, I don't remember... Anybody getting dragged over the coals <laughs> or branded as a heretic. So maybe uh, I was involved in a different discussion. Perhaps this was going on on G+, before I uh, kind of... Well, I only got in on G+, at the, at the death of it, really, in its final throes. So um, I missed out a bit, really. But as I suspected, maps are very popular. We've got some more call-ins now from folk who uh, are in support of this idea of, of kind of the uh, more realistic, should we say, um, topographical map. Hey, Colin. It's Vance. Hey, on your uh, map types and concepts for using other maps, uh, yeah, um, topographic maps that, uh, of course, here in the U.S. we get uh, from the USGS, and I'm not sure what you'd use them for in uh, your neck of the woods, uh, probably Her Majesty's Mapping Service or something like that. 
anyway, yeah, I found uh, actually found a couple joke adventures I wrote back in college using topographic maps as the base map. Um, so some real maps using chunks of re the real um, real world actually for my adventure base. Anyway, hey, I will talk to you later and uh, roll with you soon. Take care, man. Bye. Hi there, Offhead. Uh, just calling in about the maps. I'm liking the sound of the idea of using the squares instead of the hexes for a bit of a change. Also allows you to bring in real life maps. Um, I know that you can get ordnance survey maps that are probably in charity shops and things for like walkers and cyclists where you get the altitudes and get all the lines that show the, the heights of hills and stuff. I think that'd be quite good got obviously a built-in scale so I think with the right um, game and campaign then I think they could actually be quite a good idea um, with regards to board games I know there's a quite a few examples where they use a square grid like uh, a2 g5 a grid reference uh, games that spring to mind are Bunny Kingdom and Adventureland so it works well in those games so we heard there from Vance and Arfed, both in favour of the, the gridded topographical map. Over in the UK, the best of those are produced by the Ordnance Survey. Super detailed maps in a variety of different scales. Depending on your sort of outdoor activity, you pick the one that makes the most sense. Uh, the... Uh, the one with the, the finest detail for walkers, I think it's the 1 to 25,000 scale. That is full of information. It's got all your contour lines. It's got uh, footpaths and bridleways, um, trig points, all the, the woodlands with the kind of an idea of the, um, the species growing in the woodlands. So uh, broadly speaking, that's like mixed uh, mixed woodland, deciduous or coniferous plantations perhaps. You, you get all your, your waterways, bridges, you name it, it's on there. E even down to, uh, in some instances, you get the uh, field boundaries, uh, obviously county boundaries and, and parish boundaries, all that sort of stuff. Loads of information down to a building by building scale. So um, super cool. And then they, they get larger, larger scales with less and less fine detail on. But really clear, they're a big size, an easy, um, clear presentation. In fact, what I want to do is kind of, I'm going to look into the, on the legend, uh, I'm going to look into the symbols that are used and perhaps draw inspiration for them as part of um, this little map making project that I'm, I'm going to be launching into so thanks for calling in guys got one more um, for on maps oh I was just going to say yeah and Arfed mentioned about the board games again following on from Rob C's theme you know I wanted this um, I can't remember if I said in the last episode but this idea of repurposing stuff so um, I've dug out my, my old maps and I've actually found my Norway Snowdonia and uh, I think the Forest of Dean. So um, yeah, reusing them, repurposing them. And 
Arfed mentioned uh, Bunny Kingdoms or something like that. I haven't played that yet, so uh, but Adventureland I own, and um, that was one of the boards. It's got a um, a nice grid on it, and I was thinking to repurpose that in in some way. But I've become distracted with Ordnance Survey maps now, so pursuing that. Hi Colin, it's Winston, just letting you know I'm enjoying your Valley of the Tomb Kings stories, and uh, it's got me looking at uh, ways to integrate that kind of uh, kind of thing into my own games. Always good to hear from uh, from Sunny Boy and the, your family adventures, uh, love to hear that. And then uh, maps, yeah, definitely you're not the only one who has a fascination with maps, and uh, not just the, uh, the Tolkien maps that we all grew up loving, but I... Always loved the the maps on the uh, the inside flyleaf of the Anne McCaffrey Dragon Riders of Pern books and Ursula Le Guin's Earth Earthsea maps. Always thought those were fantastic as well. And uh, yeah, some of our earliest games, um, I had grabbed just a, a a local road atlas of the the town that we were in, and and yeah, that that was where we went. Anyway, thanks. Keep podcasting. Game on. Thanks, Winston. Thanks for your kind words and glad you're enjoying the show. Yes, yeah, so I was um, a lot of fun recording with Sonny and um, any of my family, actually. It's just I quite enjoy the the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm not just sitting on my own chatting to my phone. <laughs> not that it really feels like that, but, you know, that is the truth of it. Interesting that you mentioned the Earthsea books. Uh, on audio dungeon the the um the earth books cropped up a couple of nights back uh logan howard from Swordbreaker, who does the crazy spike pit theme that i either put at the front of the show or the end of the show he was on there talking about his his love for uh, ursula Le Guin's writing so um yeah just uh, funny you mentioned that and i had said uh, as is the case, I've just sort of started reading it. I'm a couple of chapters in. Been reading it with the Sunny Boy, as you would say, <laughs> and um, yes, yeah, it's, it's really good fun. I, I like um, the picture that she paints in my mind as I'm reading. It's um, it's just re- it's really uh, really nice. She's got a really nice way of describing stuff. Um, uh, much uh, much better than me, it would appear. <laughs> Now, before all you fans of the hexes calling, complaining and have me lynched and cast out as a heretic or burnt at a stake or whatever your chosen method of punishment is, I have got a representative for the Hex fan club. Um, I'm a big fan of hexes, really, insofar as I think they're nice. There's a lot of nostalgia for me. I remember discovering them back in... Mensa basic uh, Mensa expert but I do still stand by the fact that I want to use these proper gridded maps that we've been talking about up to this point however let me bring on our champion representing those of you for the hex it's the man himself it's the froth hey Colin it's froth I uh listening to your latest episode enjoying the talk about hex maps and everything else and I think it's part of the reason that I usually will set a lot of my campaigns in Greyhawk is because of that Darlene hex map 
is just so glorious. And to have it up, you know, to have it out or to have it up, you know, like a scan on roll 20, where whenever you're having to go from place to place, you're looking at that map, it's just, it's just special. And uh, even playing with my daughter, you know, running them through salt marsh and everything, busting out the big old Darlene map and showing her exactly where they are and how far they are to the town. She picked up this like cursed stone that even if you try to throw it away, you can't get rid of it. So I'm showing her where she would have to go to get rid of it. And, it's just magic, man. Good stuff. See ya. Thanks, Froth. Uh, Froth is um, the man behind or the voice behind 40 a podcast, and he's dialed up the nostalgia to 11 there with his Greyhawk Darlene hex map. Yeah, these these big old maps that you can get out on the table are, you know, uh, just great stuff. You know, the fact is, be it hex or grid, who doesn't love a nice full-colour map? So, whilst we're on the subject of 40 a podcast, Froth has kind of posed the question that Thaddeus, a.k.a. Patches, posted on MeWe, talking about if you had one RPG book and there was a fire and you could run from your house with only one book, which would it be that you... Um, you grab for and rescued from the flames. And he is asking folk to um, call in to, to Four Eater, leave him a message explaining your choice and uh, a little bit of reasoning perhaps why that, that would be your choice. And he's going to assemble these messages and do a cast next Friday, I believe. So about just under a week's time. Uh, I've done mine. I've done my due diligence. I've I've called in, and he's he's uh, he's heard what I've got to say. But anybody who's listened to me or knows Spike Pit, there's no surprises. Fancy that me calling in. Before I go, I'd just like to give a big shout out to the Pit Crew over on Patreon. We've got Frank Turfler, Ray Otis. Jay Webster, Jason Hobbs, Arfed, Carl Birch, and Jeffrey Collier. Thanks, guys, for keeping Spike Pit going and growing. And I hope you're not getting uh, fed up with the ideas and bits and bobs I'm drip feeding over to my page there. To everybody else who called in, I uh, I thank you for your support. And to you, the listener. Thanks for taking time to listen to old Spike Pit rambling on. Take care, and I'll catch you later. By the light of the stars, I was hunting again For a mean old troll in a third-level den I'd been lucky so far, this was old-school rules I should've been cautious, should've used my tools The path was leafy and the way was dim The DM cracked a smile but I ignored him And then... I fell into a spike pit 